saw a dead fish on the pavement and thought, what did you expect? There's no water around this stupid. Should have stayed where it was wet. Hello, my name is Pip, and I would like to speak some lyrics into this microphone that's amplified so you can hear it. This piece of diction is the intro to distraction pieces. That's all the shit that flies around my head and keeps me sleepless. Such little food for food, my fucking brain feels yeah. anorexic. So many typos yeah. when I write, I won't claim I'm dyslexic. You gotta like I got that. your poem I here, I'll put it in this envelope. Yeah. I'm setting fire to it. Hope uh. you all can read the smoke. Most people where God. I live don't know me, and I fucking yeah. like it. Some people where I I'm live don't that. like me, and I fucking know yeah, you introduced it. Yeah, That's what's up. So welcome to another episode, people. I just want to let that play. <laughs> MCN is in the house. Yeah. Scroobius Pip is in the house. When you first said his name the first time, I was like, who? You can't say who. I know. Now I know. you got to recognize. And I got Miriam Tazi in the house. What's happening? Not much. What's going on, Malcolm? You know it. I'm just letting this rip. I always love new music. I'm glad you you taught me something about music for once. You know, I've been on the search high and low looking for an MC. And I found him courtesy of uh, the JRE, Joe Rogan Experience. Ah, so, yeah, he, that's uh, where that came from. Yeah, he hit me to this artist from across the pond, well, yeah. some would say. Well, yeah, he definitely has an accent. Yeah, but he brings it. Yeah. He brings it. Yeah, I want to hear more of his stuff. Probably buy some. That's called the Introduction from the 2011 album Distraction Pieces. I like that. I like it a lot, actually. I love it. I like someone that's clever, you know, quick-witted, uh, that has uh, deep lyrics. You know, it takes, takes time to write something. It says something. And uh, Scribius definitely uh, has a lot to say. So it's, uh, it's uh, some, someone I'm keeping my eye on. He also has a new uh, podcast on iTunes. Really? Yeah. yeah he's got an iTunes podcast. It just dropped uh, episode... There's a few episodes out, one with Russell Brand. And Ooh. as we know, Russell Brand is uh, an outspoken yeah. comedian, <laughs> political activist. Mm-hmm. You know, he's on the rise, making a lot of noise. Some love him, some hate him. I don't think there's any in between. Donald Trump hates him. Yeah, he a lot says of, he's a loser. I was like, really? <laughs> a lot of people, like I said, either love him or hate him. He's just that type of charismatic I individual. I don't think he's... By the people who hate him, I, don't, I think he's misunderstood, but... They just don't get it, but I think he actually what it is, is a very intelligent man and has a lot to say. Yeah, I think what it is is that he makes a lot of sense, and people don't like another person that makes a lot of sense that isn't from their backyard. You know what I mean? I think that's what people draw issue. It happens in communities and places all over the U.S. and all over the world when somebody from the out, quote unquote outside comes in and they make some noise. At, at the same time, they make some sense. People don't. Oops! Played that whole song. <laughs> Scrubius, uh, you know, don't. <laughs> oops! Don't take it out on me. Don't sue me. You know, <laughs> don't do it. I'm in your corner. It just kept playing. I didn't want to let it stop playing, and that's the way we bring it in here mm. on American Riddle. So, that being said, you guys check out uh, Scrubius Pip, and that's P to the I to the P. You know what I mean? That's what it is. What are you laughing at me for? Just, huh? You sound like an MC all of a sudden. You have like hey, man. sayings that are I very, told you once. I told you, you before. You got to understand the understanding. What was it? <laughs> I'm here to bring light to the people. You know, <laughs> I'm here to shine light 
where there was none. You you're know a what giver. I mean? You're a giver. You know, you and, like and, and he's an MC that you're going to hear more about on this show and other shows. Looking and like I said, big ups to Joe Rogan for introducing me to that. And uh, yeah, I've been following him on Twitter. And yeah, he's got he's just got a lot to say. And I appreciate that. So check his podcast out uh, called the uh, Distraction Pieces Podcast. And uh, one of his guests, like I said before, is Russell Brand. So that is that, Miriam Tazi. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Know, That's all I yeah, got. I don't know what you want from me. <laughs> no, you know? no well, I know. I know where to find him. My mind's all over the place today. Uh, I got uh, too much stuff going on. You know, I, I, when do you not have too much stuff mm, going on? Mm, mm, Let's be real. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm telling you. And for those of you just tuning in, it is unedited, unscripted. And uh, yeah, we do say some little bit of profanity here and there. But we, do, we, don't try, we try not to. At least I try not to. Sometimes I try to catch myself. But saying, I'm not always there. Yeah, I've been saying Try to more. clean it up for the airwaves. <laughs> You know, for the for the children. Yeah, the children do listen. My son listens to this podcast. Yeah, especially for him. I feel Good like night. It ain't easy. But sometimes you get a little riled up. You know, <clears throat> can't keep my secrets. You know. It's good that he knows about it. Yeah, be it's, honest. You it's know? it's flattering anytime I hear someone that listens to it. Like I said, uh, I was uh, walking around one day and a guy came up to me uh, that I yeah I knew him. Uh, but he he was uh, gave me a big pat on the back and said he wanted to hear more of the hip hop restaurant tour Rick Marrero who's on this podcast from time to time. So uh, yeah, it, I, I'm always flattered that, that people are listening and it's uh, spreading. So you got you all listening, guys and gals. Mm. Uh, be sure to share this podcast with a friend. I post it on Facebook. You can find me at Malcolm Riddle pretty much across the board. If you just Google Malcolm Riddle, it'll all come <laughs> Everything up. Everything will line up. <laughs> it's 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 kind of scary when you when you think about it. But if you just Google my name, Malcolm, that's M-A-L-C-O-L-M. There don't you forget, go. Yeah, because so many people miss. <laughs> don't forget to spell my name right. But Malcolm Riddle and everything comes up from the podcast to my adventures in the wine business, which is driving me crazy today. Mm. Uh, but uh, yeah, you Google it. You can find me on Twitter, Malcolm Riddle, Instagram, Malcolm Riddle, Facebook, Malcolm Riddle. And that's where I post all sorts of uh, cool content that we talk about here on the show. And I post the episodes. And you can also find us under iTunes at American Riddle Podcast. And you can go to AmericanRiddle.com. Wow, man, I'm just plugging. <laughs> you really I'm plugging away, over. huh? I told you. <laughs> what, what a, well, I think Brandon was like, you need yeah, to like, you know, so say that it, on I'll, every podcast. Yeah, I'll put like, it. Oh. Thanks. Kind of. <laughs> I'll, I'll put it in the front and the end of the podcast, so you'll hear it again, peeps. Uh, yeah. So we we have a show today uh, about all sorts of stuff. You know, I might complain. I was thinking about complaining a bit. Actually, I was thinking about not complaining, but I'm pissed off because of some news I got in the wine business. And you know, you guys know how it is when you're dealing with uh, people you work with or work for. Yeah. Sometimes people just don't think. You know what I mean? They just don't think. No. And what do you do when people don't think? Well, they don't think necessarily the same way that you might think, you know? Mm. So it's just, there's a difference of opinion, different logics, you know? Um, or no logic. That's kind of what I meant. No <laughs> logic at all. I didn't want to like go there. And I think that, that, that goes... I don't want to be insulting, but... No, I don't know. care. This is the show and this is what it is. And if they can't deal with it, they can either not listen to it. Or they probably haven't never heard of it, so they're not listening to it. So I can say what I want anyway. So oh, I yeah. win. It's a win-win situation here on American <laughs> Riddle. Uh, so positive. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's how we do it. 
And uh, yeah, I, I don't even know if I'm going to rant about that today. I might save that for another episode. It's just too much, you know. I'm, I'm juggling multiple jobs. I'm driving around, going door to door with wines, representing multiple wineries from around the world and you know trying to no i I am giving them the the best representation that they've ever had not the best that i can do because i know how good i am you know what i mean i know how i represent myself but you know if if you align yourself up with malcolm riddle talking about myself in the third person (laughs) when when you when when you allow line yourself up with me you're you're going to get the package deal. You know what I mean? You don't have to worry about certain things, but you do have to believe. You have to have faith. Faith and belief go hand in hand yeah. in any business. It doesn't have yeah, to be. But you're not that. asking for very much. You know what I mean? No, I'm, That's asking, what you're asking. I'm asking for faith yeah. and belief. Just believe in me. Believe that we're going to make this happen together and give me time. It takes time to build relationships, to cultivate relationships. It's yeah. all I'm asking. If, you, if, if we do that and we're on the same page, we will plant the seeds, we will water those seeds, and those seeds will grow. Yeah, but you even said we. I don't know if everyone thinks like that. No, we are in a world, and I've said it before, and I'll say it again. We are in a world where it's all about self. We're in a it, country where it's like that. You can't say a world because it's different in well, other places. In my world, it seems to be in this country where I reside today, it seems to be the case. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I blame Gatorade. I blame... <laughs> Nike and yeah, stuff. I blame, I, I blame Nike. I blame anyone that puts puts me first. You know, back in the day when I was coming up, there was no I in team. Everything now is I. Everything from it could be a phone. It could be the iPhone, the iMac. It could be the 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 uh, uh, just do it. It's all about you. It's you know everything is. And, and I've heard this on other podcasts and uh, and other shows where. I'm not the only one that thinks like this, if you look mm-hmm. around. Because when, it, when you start focusing so much on the individual, you lose sight of uh, uh, you know, your friends, family, and then it spreads community. Mm-hmm. And then you see the, 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 the very fabric of everything that this country was founded on. You, you, you lose that, the, the essence, you know what I mean? It, it well, I, I really can't even say that. That's almost a contradiction because the country was founded on enslaving and 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 genocide and taking what you want. So it kind of runs around f- full circle, I guess. Yeah, it's fucked up. Yeah, but up. I just the point there being that you can't <sighs> you can't survive on your own. You know what I mean? Like you need. There's moments in your life where you need to depend on other human beings and. Yeah, you want to believe that, and, and, and that's the idea. That's how you grow. Yeah. That's how you build. That's right. how great things are made in this world, in this country. Yeah, but then only one person wants the profits. You know what I mean? They just want to be recognized, and you they gotta, don't want to give other bread. people recognition for their contribution, you and that's break the problem. Bread. You got to break bread. Yeah. No it's one just, wants to break bread. I always you break know. bread. You know, I right. share. Gotta, yeah, that's right. You got to <laughs> – that's right. Miriam Tazi always breaks bread. I can't. It's like even just eating, for example, food, <laughs> talking about bread. But it's like I, I've. It's weird where in my culture, you know, in my father's culture, there's you can never eat by yourself. Like it's just not a thing you do. Eating is a social event. It's a gathering of people. It's a whole like plan. You just you always make enough food for whoever might stop by. But in this country, people will make food just for themselves, eat by themselves, surrounded by friends, and never offer a bite to anybody. I can't do that as a human being. I can't 
have food and not offer it to people around me. I think that's that's just, it just doesn't make sense to me. It's like someone else might want to eat too. Just, just the way that I think always That's that's the same way that it should be conducted, not just within your home, but outside in the business that you do. That's kind of the point of this. You know what I mean? It's just an example of that. It's just a way that it's a different way of looking at things that I just, I don't know. I'm having a hard time relating to that and just kind of living in this kind of society where it's like that. I always feel a little bit. It is a strange society and it is a strange society that will, that can isolate you and and can, can put you in a corner. And that's depressing. Like that can't be healthy for your mind. If you spend too much, we've had this conversation on the podcast. If you spend too much time alone, you can really get into a rut, Hmm. you know, especially if you're negative or you have some, like some stuff going on or whatever. Sometimes it helps to have somebody else you can lean on, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, the, and, and speaking of someone you can lean on, uh, one of our guests today or our guest today is, uh, uh, Sam Riddle, my dad, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. This could be interesting because, uh, here is uh, someone who I grew up with and I've talked about on the podcast before and, you know, never really thought about having uh, a long conversation. You know, I haven't had uh, an experience where we've talked for uh, a set amount of time. Usually it's quick conversations. A lot of people are like that, I, I assume. Uh, but uh, he has been a political figure in my life and other people's lives uh, for a very, very, very long time. I remember as a child growing up, just um, uh, participating in political rallies, in media, commercials, radio, television. Uh, my old man uh, has, uh, has worked with a number of people, uh, from uh, the likes of Reverend Jesse Jackson, Michael Moore, Dick Gregory, uh, Ralph Nader, Governor Jerry Brown. He's represented the family... Uh, of Isaiah Scholes, who was the uh, young African-American that was murdered at Columbine. Uh, He's worked uh, uh, in the corporate world as well for a number of years. Uh, And I've talked about living in Flint, Michigan, my upbringing then. And uh, when I was, uh, when we left Flint, Michigan and uh, lived in the suburbs of Denver, Colorado, California, Texas, uh, when my dad was, uh, uh, worked for an oil company. And, um, yeah, I just found out, just doing some research. Google my old man. Pretty pretty interesting. Pretty interesting. Uh, that, uh, yeah, he was booted off. Booted off the plane because an executive called him a nigger. And, uh, and, and that, you know, I remember that period of time. It was, it was, it was a, uh, it was a weird time because there was a lot of infighting within our family and, uh, it was, uh, uh very stressful, uh, between, uh, you know, him and my mother and the kids and him traveling. And I never thought that he really belonged in the corporate world. Mm. Uh, never, never really, uh, he seemed to be always engaged with the people and that's where his heart was. Uh, but we'll ask him about that. In 1972, just to back, uh, backtrack, he shut down a Big Ten basketball game between the Michigan, Michigan State University and the University of Iowa. So he shut that, he shut that stuff down uh, to uh, uh, display a list of grievances, civil rights. Hmm. Uh, uh, very, very active in the civil rights community. And that's, th- those are just some of the highlights. I mean, at the end of the day, he was my dad, and he always taught me the fundamentals, the ABCs and the one, two, threes about growing up 
you know, whether it's in the hood or how to act outside of the hood, uh, even how to act, how to gut a fish, how to how to how to clean and dress a deer, which I always ran away from. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, he you know, I, I've said this before on the podcast. I like to bring interesting people uh, to light that are talking about things that are saying things. And uh, currently he's uh, he's a, uh, a writer on the Michigan Citizen and he writes a a uh, a column called Detroit Raw where he talks about issues going on in and around the country, uh, a lot of it dealing with the state and condition of Detroit, Michigan. Uh, he also can be seen on Detroit's Fox 2 uh, news program. They do a like a news panel program called Let It Rip. And recently he... He uh, he was on Let It Rip, and they were talking about Ebola and how the uh, how the country is is has been just engaged with Ebola. But I guess I think his science behind it is not to get caught up in the fear of Ebola. Let's look at the facts and what we can do about it. So why don't we get Sam? Kind of weird calling <laughs> my dad Sam. Sam on the blower. All right, so we got it. So I'm sitting uh, with Sam Riddle. He's on the phone right now. My dad, it's kind of weird calling you Sam. Never called you Sam before. I'm sitting in front it's of him. It's all good. It's all good. It's all good. I'm sitting with my co-host, Miriam Tazi, the angry African <laughs> from Morocco. From <laughs> Morocco? Yeah. Yep. Did you, did you say Morocco? I did say Morocco. Yeah. Yeah, he used to have a little bit of struggle against the French at one time, didn't he? <laughs> the French took over our country. Yeah, okay. Yes, they did. That's why we speak French there. It's an official language. That's why I speak French too. Okay. Let's let's find this up. Let's do this. So we were talking earlier when we did the setup about uh, uh, some of your uh, past endeavors w- from the corporate world to uh, political consulting, working with the likes of Reverend Jesse Jackson, Michael Moore, Dick Gregory, Ralph Nader, Gover- Governor Jerry Brown, and the Isaiah, Isaiah Scholes family. We also talked a bit about uh, your corporate involvement in the 80s with the oil companies around the world. And I just read something about that, about uh, you being kicked out of a, an, an airplane uh, due to a discrepancy you had with an executive there. The reason why I bring that up is because of how it parallels today on the, which I've talked about this podca- on this podcast on how, how difficult it is being black in America and working within the corporate world in the eighties. How was well, no, yeah, but not everyone, you know, during this time, you got to understand this was during the uh, time when the uh, Americans had been taken uh, hostage over in Iran, and there was a direct connection between that more so than race. Race was a byproduct. What had occurred on that plane ride, you understand, I'm one of a number of oil company executives. I had general you know, authority to spend over a million dollars on my signature on a lease sale over there, and uh, uh, I've been in, I think, Dakota. Yeah, one of the Dakotas there, Pier. Yeah, Pier. And, uh, and uh, you know, we were coming back, and one of the uh, guys from another company was talking about the hostages and what should be done to the Iranians. I, you know, America should bomb them, all that. I said, well, you know, if the United States through the CIA had not held the whole nation of Iran hostage working with the Shah of Iran, Sabak, S-A-B-A-K, 
We wouldn't have any of that crap. And so it's all company gas. And I understand everybody's height on the plane with me. It's all company gas. I said, isn't that just like a fucking nigga? I said, no, this is like a nigga. And I jumped up and knocked the hell out of him. Well, they landed the plane in Billings, Montana, and uh, threw me off the plane. I promptly chartered another plane back to Denver. And because I wouldn't apologize to the guy, uh, had ended my career with uh, one of the uh, oil companies, but I promptly got on with another one. By the way, I think that was in the uh, late 70s, not the uh, 80s. Yeah. And uh, matter of fact, I closed on a house in Denver. I was so confident I could get another job in the uh, oil and gas industry because of my uh, uh, work that I did. I was a land man, but I was on the uh, executive staff negotiating deals working in exploration that resulted in wells being drilled. But anyway, uh, that, that, you know, yeah, I went through that corporate uh, corporate uh, piece. That was uh, very interesting. And, you know, I, I really have the American dream. I know what it is to have mortgages, swimming pools, all that crap. I also know what it is to organize and fight and battle for human rights like we're doing in Detroit right, right now. We just had the UN leave here over the issue of uh, uh, of water being a human right. Yet the city of Detroit is turning off the water here to poor people who can't afford uh, to make payments. And you know the UN, through uh, a resolution, has made it real clear that water is a human right. Well, no one sold that to the uh, mayor of Detroit, evidently. Yeah, yeah, and I, I've I've talked about issues like that uh, on the podcast. How we're so we're so fast to shine the light on what's going on abroad when celebrities are endorsing and, and doing their charitable work, but it bothers me so much because there's so much stuff going on in places like Chicago and places like Detroit that need help right now, and it's you never hear about that on the news. Well, yeah, well, in particular in Detroit, I was the first. Uh writer, first one published, to call on the United Nations to intervene and keep the water on in Detroit. Track you. Now, they have no official authority to do that. But what we found is that when we shame these suckers, I mean, you know, you know, America right now is inflicting what I call drone democracy the world over. Yet, in Detroit, we had an emergency manager who supplanted democracy. They shut down democracy. They imposed an emergency manager. Suddenly the mayor and the Detroit City Council were neutered. They had no say-so on how the city was run. And then the looting of Detroit began with uh, the Jones Day Law Firm and uh, and all these uh, multinationals uh, who literally have been divvying up the resources of Detroit under bankruptcy of the city, the largest municipal bankruptcy, by the way, in the history of America. But... Anyway, uh, keep by the way. I'm sorry. I, I, I'll just well. I mean that, that that. But even even still, that being said, uh, you don't hear like I hear stuff. Uh, you know, uh, stuff like this through your Twitter feed, uh, through the organizations that you're aligned with, through the writing that you do on for the Michigan Citizen on uh, uh, what's your column, Detroit Raw. Uh, Detroit Raw. Yeah, yeah. And and other than that, I don't see it on the news. Like I said, I don't, you don't get a taste of what's going well, on. Well, we get it somewhat on MSNBC, which is not the most watched network yeah. out there. And Reverend Sharpton, he carries it on his, uh, 
his show on MSNBC sometimes. But we haven't been getting the uh, uh, type of coverage that what's occurred there should be receiving. You know, as a Vietnam uh, War era veteran, honorably discharged, I'm aghast at the shutdown of democracy in Detroit. During a time, again, I say, when we're inflicting drone democracy the world over. Uh, but in Detroit, it was shut down. Uh, you know, I also work, as you probably know, I'm the political director for the state of Michigan for the National Action uh, Network. And in that capacity, I mean, you know, we, 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 you know, we don't have to go to Ferguson, Missouri. We've got issues right in Michigan. You know, we just had uh, a, a black man, Mackenzie uh, Conklin, who was literally uh, smothered to death in Northland Shopping Center in Southville, Michigan, a suburb right outside of Detroit. And he was and he was smothered by really uh, fairly uh, incredible human rights violations that go on. You know, we've got the war issue. You know, Detroit uh, is America's blackest and poorest city. Sixty yeah. percent of the children in Detroit live in poverty. The inequality rate in Detroit rivals that of third world nations. I mean, it, 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 as a matter of fact. If Detroit were a third world nation, and some have compared it to that in terms of the living conditions, Detroit would be receiving foreign aid. So what? I mean, we have uh, something that's very shameful in terms of the way America is not working yeah. in uh, Detroit. Yeah, and that's why they don't and, release that information. You know, we've got an election coming up, and people are wondering why there isn't a greater turnout, again, in America's blackest and poorest city. Well, you know, the dominant population in Detroit, and understand there are two Detroits. Uh, gentrification uh, has never rarely been seen the way it's being seen in Detroit right now. Uh, but, you know, why would people vote when all the politicians have historically sold them out and, and don't represent their uh, their interests? And on top of that, why do you think why do you think that no one? cares about Detroit and no one cares about Detroit. Like you do, I do hear. Well, the thing is, is you've got to be rocking it. I mean, I think that uh, if Detroit were taking civil disobedience to another level, you'd hear about Detroit. Uh, and we may yet see that. But uh, uh, right now, uh, folks are relatively docile given everything. But, you know, when the automobile industry went down in Michigan and the jobs left, uh, uh, it blasted Detroit into a, uh, an era of, of new age poverty. And first now with the water issue, even though they supposedly have a water affordability plan, but yet they keep turning the water off by the thousands every uh, month. Yeah. Thousands of households lose water. Well, you cover the issue of water cutoffs with 60% of those kids living in poverty, and you have a disaster shaping up. And uh, when the world starts to look at Detroit and juxtapose Detroit with America's uh, drone democracy, they're going to say, what the hell is going on here? You speak with forky tongue, America. Yeah, and on that note, the um, I don't think that America cares until it gets them in their backyard. Uh, you know, same thing with the Ebola. Well, uh, nobody cares 
until the people rise up and uh, and disorder uh, rears its ugly head. Because uh, you, you know, it's too bad it has to be at that level. I mean, you would think that uh, I, I'm just simply a concern for a fellow human being that uh, people. Uh, you know, like the multinational corporations, the United States government, when you see hunger, feed people. When you see thirsty people, give them water. If people are homeless, shelter them. Yeah. You know, uh, but, but, but that doesn't seem to be how we operate in, in, in America, the bread basket of, of, of the uh, world. And that's a damn shame. Yeah, and, and, you know, recently I saw you featured on a television show on Fox 2 in Detroit, Let It Rip, where you voiced similar concerns uh, for uh, the uh, uh, the death of Eric Duncan, who died, Thomas Eric Duncan. Yeah, matter of fact, if you Google Sam River, yeah. Detroit, Ebola, Let It Rip, that was the name of the show, you will see that that show aired at virtually every Fox station across the nation. And I could gauge that by the level of hate mail I was getting uh, 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 on the internet. <laughs> because oh, the name of my article there in Detroit, Rob, was Ebola and Racism. Because before Thomas Duncan died, uh, I, you know, I had written an article. And in there I talked about classism and racism and the treatment of, 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 of Ebola. Because in particular, Thomas Duncan. It wasn't an oversight that Thomas Duncan wasn't treated at the emergency room of that Dallas hospital. I mean, you know, there's a pattern of uh, people of color, black Americans in particular, suffering grave neglect in, in, in emergency rooms across the country. So what they did with uh, Thomas Duncan, despite the fact that he had 103 degree temperature, despite the fact that he waved the red uh, skull and bones flag of having just come into America from Liberia, despite all of that, they gave him a prescription for suffering and death by giving him uh, some antibiotics and sending home said he had a sinus infection. Yeah, they gave him Tylenol. <laughs> like, here's some Tylenol, go home. Liberia. His temperature is 103 degrees. Now, his only crime was being black and poor in America. And for those that think he was a foreigner, I remind you of something about Liberia. Liberia was funded by former American slaves who, even, who were even shipped over there by the United States Navy. They had difficulty buying land at first, but finally they bought a strip that became Liberia. Like this guy, Duncan's DNA is more firmly rooted in America than many of the people whose last names begin with SKI. Yeah. Yeah, it's a. Uh... But I mean, you know, the point I'm making is then we look at the treatment of the people in that small apartment, that Ebola-ridden apartment where Duncan was taken from by ambulance. Uh, you know, when you look at that apartment, and God is good because uh, all, all those people in that apartment were were, were Duncan's Ebola-laden sheets and. And, and, and tops and clothing lay for three days before they finally decided to decontaminate the place. Uh, those folks did not get the luxury of a self-quarantine. Like NBC's Dr. Nancy 
Snyderman, when she returned from Liberia with an Ebola infected cameraman, no. Dallas immediately put those black folks in Dallas who lived with Duncan, put them under gunpoint. Yeah. And, and, and held them a hostage under gunpoint. That was how the quarantine worked. For, for, for black folks in Dallas, if you're black, you get guns put on you because they were concerned that these folks might slip away. Well, that's racist stereotyping. They weren't concerned about that, not Nancy Snyderman, who in a fit of white privilege said she would self-quarantine. Well, that bitch slipped out and went and got a damn cup of soup. <laughs> that's, and in yeah, the that's middle insane. of her self-quarantine. Yep. Just mine. <laughs> yeah, that's a, you bring up a good point. I mean, it's a, it, the way you looked at. You know, what the, I'm bringing up is the way institutional racism and white privilege flourishes in America, yeah. and the contradictions were evident and inherent for the world to see in terms of how a gunpoint those who live with Tom Duncan, Thomas Duncan, were held uh, at gunpoint and uh, imposed quarantine while those who were white were allowed to uh, uh, who were well off like the black nurse allowed to get on planes and, or, or, or or like Dr. Snyderman slip off for soup exposing everyone else to the risk that she might have contracted uh, Ebola but but that selfishness that that fit of white privilege governed her behavior uh, and that's what we do in America. Nancy must have thought. That's what white folks do. That's how white privilege rolls in America. And you, you talked you talked about being able to track you know the the article by the amount of uh, you know haters that are out there, the amount of uh, you know hate mail or, or responses. What what type of, of of responses have you received since your appearance? Well, well you could have looked right at Fox. If you go to any Fox site, if you go to the Fox site where that show is uh, still online in, in Detroit. And you can look at some of the mail. They couldn't believe that I dared inject the race into the conversation, race and class. Okay. <clears throat> but where you are stationed in life, no matter where you're color in America, if you're poor or if you're black or brown or red, you don't catch hell in America. And my God, don't have Ebola. Yeah. Or it's going to get infinitely worse. Or don't be in Texas. And you saw how they treated again, I point out, Dr. Nancy, uh, Snyder, uh, you know that Zena, the experimental drug, was made for everyone but the black man. Black man couldn't get it. We only got three doses, and we don't have any for you, Thomas Duncan. Well, that's a death. That was a death sentence. They also couldn't get him any of the blood plasma uh, from the uh, doctor, who, by the way, got blood plasma from a 14-year-old black Liberian child. I mean. You know, the contradictions of heaven and the People don't want to discuss it. It makes people uneasy. But until we resolve, as W.E.B. Du Bois pointed out a century ago, until we resolve the issue of race in America, we are, and that's not going to be easily resolved, we are not going to see America be nearly the nation that she could be. And on that note, why do you think that people are uneasy about discussing race, especially when it comes to Ebola uh, in America? Why do you think that makes people well, so uneasy? Well, first of all, the bias. I mean, you know, uh, Ebola's been around. Yeah. 
over 30, 40 years. Been killing people in Africa. Nobody gave a damn as long as it was black African time. Yeah. Um, Ebola uh, has been around. The only thing accident occurred when white people started contracting or getting Ebola. Then it became a priority. Then we had to have a cure. Then we had to have a vaccine. But all the time, these decades, three or four decades, that the black folk have been dying in Africa, nobody gave a good damn. Exactly. But soon as that white boy, white girl starts getting it, cheering it becomes a priority. That's the nature of the game worldwide. <laughs> sound like you. <laughs> white privilege rolls like that. And so how, how are the, the infected nurses and how are they dealing with that? Do you see a difference in, in the way that they're being treated? As well, opposed- that's the class issue. My, my whole article talked about how racism and classism determine who got treatment and the quality of treatment in this country. I mean, the nurses, quite frankly, were exposed just, uh, it was just wrong how, how they were exposed to uh, Ebola. There was no protocol at that hospital in Dallas, or the Presbyterian Hospital, I can't think of the name of it mm-hmm. right now, but that hospital, and the women had their uh, skin exposed when they were treating Duncan at his worst. You know, worse. You know, when you when you got those fluids, the uh, vomit, uh, uh, the, 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 the diarrhea, I mean, you're bleeding, you got all these body fluids. Well, the nurses are there to, to, to clean and care for you. And, and, and certainly they were heroes in that sense. But I guess what's so disgusting to me is the fact that, uh, again, because of their class, their professionals, their nurses, they too were allowed to self-quarantine while at gunpoint the people that lived at Duncan's place were held hostage. That's crazy. Because uh, 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 they might slip away. But the people that were slipping away were the people that could afford to slip away. The people could take cruises. People could get on jets to Ohio. You know, class, of course, transcends race. Yeah. But the point I'm making is that uh, depending on your income, social status, and race, uh, that's how, that's what, to me, demanded and required and even Stephen uh, protocol in terms of treatment. We need equality of treatment in terms of the medicines that are available. The same medicine that's available for a white doctor on NBC TV crewman, cameraman, must be available for the Thomas Duncans and for the poor and those without insurance in this age of Obamacare. Do you, do you think, in your opinion, that the the uh, this administration has responded in the right manner? Well, I believe <laughs> I believe that the uh, Obama administration is doing what it can. But you know, everyone is so willing to make political hay of this issue instead of uh, treatment first. We need treatment first. Yeah. The hell with the politics. Yeah. We 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 need to save lives. We need to treat people who are sick. I mean, that's why we're catching up. Obama's catching all the hell about the Obamacare. Um, y- you know, uh, these Republicans and many Democrats, too, uh, they would rather play politics than take care of the sick. Yeah. Feed the hungry. 
How's the homeless? That, that's not at the top of their agenda. Completely different focus. Yeah, solutions. Uh, so, so where are we on this? I'm at the U of M now, and well, talk to us. Talk if you have a, if you have a quick second, maybe you can talk to us because we talked briefly offline about Rick, uh, Freeway Rick Ross and uh, uh, the rapper Rick Ross in Detroit, and we talk oh, a lot about. Talk about record on that. What's that? Oh, okay. Dang it. Can, can I get back with you? Yeah, we can. We can. We can pick it up. Uh, we can pick it and up. I part two. Pick it up on, on Freeway Rick because that, uh, you know this rapper is an imposter and an identity thief. And he needs to be exposed, this rapper. I mean, he needs to be exposed. Nobody should be buying anything that punk is putting out. Yeah, and I know, I know that Detroit has very strong feelings against that. Oh, uh, we have a no-fly zone for Rick Ross. He can't <laughs> roll into Detroit. The airport shut down for him. It's a no-fly zone. Trick, trick, took care of that. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, we, we can pick that up. We can, we can leave that for the listeners to uh, look forward to, and we can pick up on another conversation. But uh, I appreciate you spending some time with us, and I'm still encouraging you to start your own podcast so people can... Uh, oh, I, I'll do that when I get a minute, man. i got to pick up these tickets for the Michigan State-Michigan game. I'll be in these last. And, you know, of course, I graduated from Michigan State, got a bachelor's there and undergrad, and I graduated from University of Michigan Law School, got a Pierce doctor there. But, okay, then, man. Loved it. Take it easy. You and your boy from Morocco, right? Girl. Girl. Oh, Ma- girl. Ma- I okay, Do whatever. I sound like a man? <laughs> All right. All right. Okay. We'll, we'll, we'll catch up soon. Okay, man. Talk to you. All right. Bye-bye. So Sam Riddle. Sam Riddle, the man, right out of, straight out of Detroit. Yeah, man. He makes and a lot of good points. A lot of... Yeah, a lot of good points, uh, you know, about the treatment, about recognizing that there's a problem, that a problem existed uh, long before it hit right here in our backyard. Oh, yeah. Well, there's so many different strands of it. It's, this is something that has been going on for a while. It's not a new disease. But like you it said, it, once it hits America or once it hits a white person, then that's when the attention is, you know. And I don't think it – I don't think that – Anyone, even, even the water thing, though, there's, yeah, you know, yeah, I don't think anyone's being racist to be racist or injecting race into a conversation for the sake of doing that. The I don't facts think that's speak the case for themselves. The actions speak for it. But there's there's clearly a pattern. And this pattern goes back hundreds of years. This isn't a new thing. It's been that, you know, that that, that just happened by oh, chance, just like or, AIDS. or it was a mistake, an oversight by the hospital or the state of Texas. This, these are just these are just a word, you know, word games, you know, a play on words, if you will. It's it's, it's something that's been going on, and I think it's something that, like I always tell my son, is something you should be aware of that 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 this type of ignorance exists. It it not only exists within the white community at large, or it exists within your own community. You know what I mean? Ignorance is widespread, and one of the things that that, that he said, Sam said, was uh, I call him my dad, Sam. One of the things that he said was uh, this: Ebola has been around for thirty years, thirty plus years, and has been killing Africans, and no one no one cared. And even you and I, we've talked about. Various things on the podcast about, you know, how you'll see, and I'm just using this as an example, uh, how Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie go off and what they do abroad, celebrities, is great. 
I applaud it. But there's shit that's going on in Detroit, like you just said, with the water uh, shut off. There's stuff that's going on in Chicago right now. Uh, there's stuff that's going on in Ohio right now. Yeah, but parts I feel of California like- that it gets over. You wouldn't even I agree. know. I get what you're saying, but I also think that America has an image to keep up with. You know what I mean? So that's a reason why we don't know about this in this country because of the image that they're yes. trying to portray out there. You and, know what I mean? And, and, and like Sam said, uh, to hell with politics. Let's find solutions. Yeah. And I think that's something that people, there should just be a standard and I think, that's it. No I, matter what race you are, there should just be a protocol, yeah. a standard of health. And they're trying to change things like today. They're saying that they are going to change some of the protocol for people coming into these countries from or coming into this country from Sierra Leone, Liberia. So it's like they can only go to certain, you know, airports and so it can be a little stricter so it can be contained a little bit better. But I get that and it's good, but this is something that should have already been planned for way ahead of time because it's been around for so long. You know what I mean? There should be a regular standard thing already. It's like, okay, there's a risk. Let's follow the standard, the protocol that we came up with 30, 40 years ago because of this disease that exists out there if it does start to spread. But yeah, this is an issue that is over there and over there for some people is not important because it's not over here, but over there counts too. They're human beings as well. And, um, <laughs> well, I mean, it just makes you wonder, wonder what's going on. You know, what, what does it take for us to pay attention, pay attention and find the solution? Do they, do these, quote, do these Africans need to be living under oil or gold or diamonds for us to say, you know, uh, or lithium or lithium or poppy seeds or whatever. It's already all been ravaged and taken in. So, so, so does that make them less value? That's what it seems like, which makes absolutely no sense. You know, that's human life is valuable. No matter what race you are, where you live, what background you have, what social economic status you have, you're a fucking human being. Like seriously, if you're sick, you should be able to find help. I don't understand why that's so difficult. Well, it's, 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 it's selfish, being selfish, only thinking about yourself, thinking about your immediate circle. Well, just like when we opened the podcast about how, you know, individualism has just run rampant for the sake of profit. How can something profit me? How can something profit my company? You know, not ours, not us. Not us as a collective unit. These are words that have have, have uh, everything from that are non-existent. Everything is down to me and I and mm-hmm. selfie. Yeah. It's all about the self. And I don't get me wrong. Knowledge of self is is one thing is good, but at the same time, being aware of yourself, loving yourself, accept. Yeah, being but a, don't accept, lie to yourself. Don't lie to yourself and don't lie to others. And that's what I see. What's going on? There's a, there's a lot of imposters out there that are are running around and and promoting this type of of awareness and at the same time they're uh they're promoting a lot of they're putting out a lot of false information as well and uh you know it it it, it fuels that's anger constant. it that's feels constant anger in the media. It, it, and and then when the, the average person sees this stuff automatically they point you know he's, yeah, it's he's a form inject- of manipulation yeah. i mean that's really what it is yeah. so he, he's injecting race into the conversation it shouldn't be about race we're here to you know do this or do that or put up a wall or be stop be naive not to though no 
You'd be naive not to think about that. Like I said, the actions speak louder than what they're releasing into the public. And then, I mean? then also to release the, 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 the colossal amount of fear, just the fear itself. I don't, if it's Ebola, it's, it, it's ISIS. If it's ISIS, if it's not ISIS, it's Al-Qaeda. If it's not Al-Qaeda, it's, uh, it, it's Muslims. If it's not Muslims, it's the Koran. If it's not the Koran, it's blacks. If it's not blacks, it's Latinos. It just it never ends there's always got to be someone to hate there's always got to be an enemy yeah there's always let's let's let's, that's let's find a friend i want to find friends i want to find allies i want to find people that work grow from our differences and learn from one another Uh, i don't know it's just uh it's it's i don't get it it's something that's Easy for us, I hate to say it, but it's easy for, for me to say, you know what, I'm going to just live and coexist in, in my world, you know, in this, in this neighborhood. Yeah, people this, take the easy way and, out. You know, if I don't want to watch the news, I won't turn it on. If I don't want to read the paper, I don't buy a paper. If I don't want to, you know, look at this website that has this information or read this article that someone... Fair uh, enough, and you have that right, you know what I mean? But then you can't talk about these things. Well, like, then you're ignorant. You're not, exactly. Don't talk about Ebola if you don't know anything about it. Yeah. If you're you ignorant. haven't done your research, don't talk about it. You're ignorant. Yep. And, and, and give your naive and ignorant opinions about it when you're just like, oh, whatever, I'm not touching this blah, 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 because you might have Ebola making jokes about it. It's but we not need a fucking more joke, man. But we need more people to get involved. We need more people to have uncomfortable like conversations. Like your dad said, the people that are getting involved are fucking heroes. Yeah. Okay? Like yeah. they're risking their lives for the greater good. Even the people that have, quote unquote, survived Ebola are giving away their blood so that they can build other people's immune systems to fight against the disease. So yeah. that's very commendable. And being aware of... How how you need to put the, the masks on and all of that stuff, what really it is, like the details and just training on how to fight against it so that you can keep helping more people instead of losing the people that are trying to help. How many more people are going to... Do you want to be sent over to Liberia right now to go help people? No, not that many people want to like take that risk, but there are people that do that, people in the Peace Corps, people in the UN, all of these organizations that basically have almost no respect now, but it's like... Are you kidding? These are people that are heroes that are there bringing these things to light. Like when I was working for the UN, I did this tap project. It was about getting water into these places. Mm-hmm. In Detroit, at least they even have running water. In Africa, they don't have running water. It's a well that a child has to go. She can't go to school because she has to go get water for her family two times a day. And she walks miles and miles and miles. When I was in Africa, I was in Mali in in like a, a remote village somewhere. And I had a bottle of water with me. I think I might've said this on the podcast before. This girl followed us like throughout the whole thing, that, the whole na- village and all this, just so she could get the bottle of water to have a bottle of water to take. And this bottle of water, she's probably gonna keep for years yeah. just so she could bring water to school with her. Are you kidding me? You know what I mean? So yes, there's issues in this country. Yes, but the scale is so much bigger there. You know what I well, mean? Well, and it, it goes to show you too, to your point, and it, it, that just listening to that opened my eyes. If if it happened there, it could happen here. You know what I mean? So it's contagious. Yes. You know what I mean? It, it doesn't. It, it, poverty escapes no one. Right. You know. There, right. It, I mean, the the way we're going with technology today, all it takes is for the grid to go down and all hell breaks loose. When there's a blackout. People go out their minds. Yeah, and people don't have electricity there ever. Yeah, for, for thunderstorm, when we have the, the snow here and the people in, uh, what is it, uh, uh, Maryland always lose power for two or three days, they go out of their minds. They go out of their minds. So imagine on that scale. 
And these are stories like the one you just outlined we never hear of. We don't even hear about those those stories about people struggling. Because people, people don't want to listen. They, they think, think, oh, whatever, it's over there. It doesn't concern yeah, me. And they, it's like they, humanity doesn't concern you. <laughs> you they, may, they may think for a second that, oh, well, those people are poor. They should get educated. Well, how are you going to get educated? How are you going to get educated if you have to take two days out of the week to walk for water? Something, something that that we get daily. Something that we pour over our heads to we make waste to make constantly. challenges. We waste it all the That's time. Right. We're so spoiled. It's unbelievable. So you forget the. That's the thing. People get distracted. It's very, very easy to get distracted the about time. the real. Yeah. Are you warm? I had a hat on the whole time. Yeah, it's very yeah. like people get distracted way too easily, and they just ignore the reality of uh, the world situation. You know, so. Well, it's something that I think. Uh, well, that's something that I think. Like people like yourself that is that, that has experienced it, and some people like my father and fought against it, who, not just experienced well, no, it. Well, also experienced it and should write about and should you know or broadcast about and let people know that this is going on because it's not all you know. It's fun to have jokes and talk, you know, talk stuff uh, on the podcast and like we do, but it's also important to tackle uncomfortable issues yeah. as well. Like, like, like my dad said, these are uncomfortable issues that people do not want to engage in. My old man, he's tough. He's got a uh, hard shell uh, that he receives a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of hate, a lot of hate mail, a lot of uh, comments on YouTube and, and stuff like that. And he's, you know, he's been through it. He's been through the, the, the good, the bad, the ugly. Some of it he brought on himself. You know, we don't make any excuses. I've, I've talked to you about it and uh, uh, it is what it is. And, uh, you know, hopefully, you know, within that walk of life, you learn from those mistakes and you're able to still do some good while we are here. And I think what he's doing on Detroit Raw and on his Twitter feed and uh, uh, social media, he's 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 I just opening know. up a lot of eyes of stuff that people think think has changed. Just because we have a black president doesn't mean raci- racism is over. Just because we have a black president doesn't mean that uh, uh, there's no such thing as, image. as white privilege. Just because there's a black pre- uh, president doesn't mean anything has Mm-mm. changed uh between uh you know whether it's whites or blacks or latinos or asian americans it doesn't matter which race you come from you ha- at the end of the day you have to figure a way to work together and address the issues that are at large how are we going to make it better how are we going to find solutions okay it's easy to point the finger and blame the Republicans well, a lot of are blaming the Democrats. Just, oh, give them money, give them money, give them money. Mm-mm. It's like, where's the money going? Mm-mm. Whose pocket is it going you can, into? You can, you can look follow at, the money. You can look at Detroit. You can look at Flint, Michigan, and say, oh, well, those people are looting. They're 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 criminals. They're uneducated. They don't want to do do for themselves. They don't want to pull themselves up, you know, by their britches. And and that's not the case. It was uprooted. It was the 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 the, the soul was ripped out of a body, and you have. A, a a a state that is in peril that is in that has been in big trouble i mean since i left in the late 80s and 90 when i left it was uh, uh you know it was just bad news i left I, I i even had a job offer from ford motor company when i left and didn't i didn't take it because i knew that the risk to stay 
in something that was going down was far greater than me to seek opportunities elsewhere. But we can't forget the people that we left behind. You can't forget about friends and family, the community, and then expect them to pull themselves up and fix it because it's a bigger problem. He said, my dad said, it's a third world country. If this was a third world country, Detroit would be getting aid from the government. We can't just turn our back or, you know, put our noses in the air and say, you know, that's on them. You know, we have to recognize what's going on. Same thing what's going on in Ferguson, Detroit, Chicago. We also need to recognize what's going on with uh, uh, the justice system and how young African-Americans and Americans from all over, you know, are catching hell. And, you know, injustice is injustice. It doesn't see any color. You know what I mean? You could be uh, I've seen I've seen females uh, be abused by police officers and you've seen uh, um, uh, people being abused by their spouses and, and children uh, being abused. So it's it's something that we need to recognize and we need to have those uncomfortable conversations. Yeah. I don't care if they're a celebrity. I don't care if they're a sports figure. I don't care if they own a sports team. I mean, look at the response from Ben Affleck from his opinions on on Islam and stuff like that. It's, it's tough. been like, you it's, know, it's, he was talking about something that made people uncomfortable saying, you it, know, it is tough because when it comes to a well, when it comes to anything and we I think we just said this a second ago, we, we for some reason we have uh, we meaning um, our consciousness has groomed itself to a point where we must have an enemy. OK, at this this day Why? and age, this day, Why? ignorance. Why do you need to hate ignorance? Why do you have to have an enemy? Why do you have to have focus? What makes it about these human beings that have this rage inside of them? Well, it's ignorance. I mean, it's no, it's no, I, I can only speak to my time on earth it's from the time I was born and the time where I'd just be walking to school. You're talking, uh, you're talking probably fifth grade, sixth grade, seventh grade, eighth grade, caught holy hell just because of my skin color. And Does I, that build hate inside of you? It didn't. I couldn't, I, I, like I said before, jokingly on the podcast, I, I sought refuge amongst the nerds and it was the nerds that <laughs> accepted me uh, because the nerds didn't really see, judge, or, yeah. judge. Yeah, they didn't see, they saw, they didn't see the color. They didn't see, they just saw your nerdiness. Issue. Yeah, they, they, <laughs> it was, it was acceptance and I became hero to the weirdos. Uh, but uh, it was, you know, and, and there's ton. There are lots of people like that. You know, there there are lots of people that uh, um, accept people for who they are based on, you know, how you present yourself to them, not the color of your skin, or or your religion, or or, or anything I mean, like that. So it's, it's very difficult. Like honestly, like the way I look doesn't represent the way I think because of how people perceive me when they first see me and I don't have an accent. But then when they find out a little bit more about me, some people are just change, you know? Um, they're like, oh, she's very opinionated or she's, you know, blah, blah, talks about Africa and blah, 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 blah. And it's like, it's a reality. It's something, <laughs> stop staring at yourself. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? But it's it's like, it's it's just strange because people's responses are very all over the place. You know, there's some people that pretend they're like, Oh, it, you know, it's really good that you know about this, that you talk about it or whatever. And that's great. You work for the UN. Oh, wow. Great. But it's like very dismissed, you know, because they are still distracted by the outside, you know? Well, they, they, they probably want you to be talking about, you know, 
what purse you want, what designer clothes you want. You know, they, 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 they'll stereotype you based on your exterior. And, you know, they, they expect you to, to be talking about uh, uh, the Kardashians. That or, drives and me stuff insane. Like that, you know, uh, you know Oh my god! That's why last podcast I was like, talk just, to me about something real, just, and then I'll have a I'll have an opinion. But if just, you ask me what the new purse is, I'll be like, I don't fucking know. I don't. I use the same purse that someone gave me for well, years. You unless know it I mean? was made by Puma. <laughs> if it was I made mean, by Puma, you might know. Everything I am. About I, it. I am. I am pretty loyal to that brand, but. But yeah, it's 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 frustrating. It's just frustrating. It's, it's like I don't area. have a right to an opinion because you know. The, the way I look or whatever, or people just don't take it seriously. You try to have a serious conversation about certain things like this and people just glaze over, you know, their eyes just glaze over. And they're well, like, you gotta, oh. you gotta, as a friend of mine once said, you gotta be careful where you pick your fruit. And if you're going to be picking fruit of that flavor, then uh, yeah, it's going to be tart. You yeah. That's I mean? why so you wanna, I relate you to my yourself. friends that are still, you know, that don't really live here. I have, I'm closer to my friends that are internationally based than I am to the people I have here around me because that just a certain conversations where I can't really relate. You know, I look at the bigger picture. I think maybe I'm too serious. I don't know, but there's certain topics where it's just like, you know, don't fuck with that. You don't want to mess with me with that because I will be able to, argue you under the table well those are know. those are those are definitely i think two subjects and two two places where we need to put spotlights on meaning uh you know what's going on here in america what's going on in abroad abroad i guess three and racism uh in america because at the end of the day we need to have solutions and I think that came up more than once uh, throughout it's the conversation. True. It's about the solutions, you know, how we're how we're handling, how we're approaching, how we are, uh, uh, what actions we take. If it's based, if you throw somebody away based on on their skin color, and uh, you know the other people receive the best treatment, or they receive an immediate response, uh, or they receive water, you know what I mean, or the lights get turned on within hours after you know a power outage you know we need to we need to look at that and we you do need to address it and address it with facts to back that up uh and and i think that uh you know based on what i've read from sam riddle it's he's spot on in a lot of ways i mean definitely you can easily look at it and say yeah he comes from a different era different time you know we've moved on we've progressed but i think to a certain extent uh you know, yes, we we meaning Americans and Black Americans, Latino Americans, Asian Americans, Arab Americans. Uh, Ara- yeah, that's right. Uh, <laughs> our Arab brothers and sisters out there, right on. Uh, we we have we have progressed, but we can't forget because if you forget, then you become delusional, yeah. and you you don't see what's really going on within our government, within our communities uh, at large, and 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 at any given moment, you know, this all could come to an end. You know, a la Ferguson in Detroit, in Chicago. You know what I mean? You want to be aware. You do not want to become a victim in this country. Rule number one. Don't don't set yourself up to be victimized. So educate yourself, people. And uh, that's the deal. So um, Sam Riddle can be found. I didn't get a chance because he cut out. Uh, he was <laughs> he's on a mission. That's a, I'm telling you. Miriam Tazi does not believe me. We. We 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 have conversations, but not as long as that. And I think that was a that was a stretch for him. Even him and I have talked offline about doing a podcast 
where he can uh, talk about the issues uh, that he's tackling uh, on this form. And I think he would be very good at it. I agree. Uh, I don't think it should be, and I told him, I don't think his it should be limited to a time time constraints. You know, if he talks an hour, if he talks two hours, so be it. Yeah. People will, they know how to hit pause. I do it all the time on Rogan's podcast uh, and Corolla's on Joey Diaz. If they, if I, if I have to go to work or, you know, if I'm driving and I'm stuck in traffic, I'll listen to 30 minutes here. I'll pick up 20 there. But pick you up can 10 also there. understand how it's difficult because you know how short people's attention spans there are, are. But, but you when know? you give somebody good food, they stay at the table, right or wrong. <laughs> Very they right. Stay and they, they come back. <laughs> They'll come back for seconds and thirds. I'm aware. Yeah, I cook a lot. So, I'm aware. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's, it is it, it it is something that uh, people I think people are hungry for. They're hungry and they're also I hungry. I hope so. I hope people are hungry for real knowledge. I hope. Well, they're 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 hungry. But I don't I don't get that impression. Well, I mean, if you look at what's on TV, look at look at what's on TV. Nobody with with, wh- the, with the with with droves of just bad television programming. Look at the radio stations. All the bad programming that's cloned time after time. You go into each state, and every radio station sounds the same. All the content is the same. All the commercials is this is what they're feeding you, right? So if this is what they're feeding you and you're listening to it, if you're always eating, and I've said it before, if you're if you if there's a McDonald's every few miles and you're just eating McDonald's fries, you're gonna want some potato wedges. You know what I mean? You're gonna want some gravy. You're gonna want some of the, the you know, some of the nooks and crannies and all that those good spices that are out there because your body knows. Your mind knows. It knows. But where can you find it? So you have to you're going to have to, just like we had Crazy Legs on the podcast when it comes to hip-hop. Um, do the research. You're going to have to, yeah, you're yeah. Gonna have to dig. You're going to yeah. have to do, do a little bit of work. And it's not like you've got to do much work because everybody, right there. everybody has this magic it's box. It's at your fingertips. In their back pocket and exactly. they can Google it and you can find stuff like Scroobius Pip. You can find stuff like Sam Riddle. You can find American Riddle. Yeah. You know what I mean? So you can, you can find... All this stuff, Joe Rogan, Adam Carolla, Joey Diaz, Cassius Morris. You can find uh, Bill Burr. I listen to Bill Burr a lot because I don't watch sports. So every Monday, Bill Burr, the stand-up comedian, releases a podcast where he rants and rambles, but he also updates sports. He talks a lot about sports. And I'll get a fix of what's going on in the sports world. I know nothing about today's sports if so it isn't educating yourself if it isn't learning. bjorn if it isn't bjorn borg <laughs> you know what i mean terry bradshaw you know billy joe dupree tony dorsett oj so simpson old school <laughs> i don't know anything about sports arthur ash jimmy connors you know what i mean i don't know anything i quit Watching sports. I mean, you know, a long time ago, people. Obviously. (laughs) I just dated myself. But you do have to dig and you have to find these outlets. And it's uh, it's out there. We have the internet. We have the power. We need to... Get the interest yeah, get, going. You know, get it going. Get your motors going and, and, and let's make it happen. And let's connect these dots. Yeah. You know, like I've, I've been doing. So, yeah, I mean, Good. that's that's what's up. And you got you to gotta find it. You got to do some work, people. Whew. That wasn't bad. That was good, huh? I feel high blood pressure right now. Yeah. I'm a little... I'm, a little, I'm boiling a little bit. Just very disappointing. What's that? Just people's reactions and just how things are going, how this day and age is going. I just wonder what the future is going to hold. I hope it's going to get better. It does. Worse. I mean, this ain't the first time we've been here. This is like the Matrix. 
It's it it's it, it repeats itself over and over. Nothing here is yeah, new. Yeah, but that's bad. Why do you go back to the beginning? You got to keep moving forward. Nothing here is new. Funny thing is, because I was at the uh, I was at the Joe Rogan podcast and uh, I mean Joe Rogan uh, uh, stand up show at the Warner Theater mm-hmm. recently, and he he does an outline like if aliens really did come, how would you explain our society? How would you explain money? How would you explain? And he goes uh, and if he any any of you people listening, you should check out his his stand up show because it's it penetrates you and he he does a it's a unique style of comedy infused with logic infused with science you know all that stuff that you get from his podcast where you, you know you're just at least with me I was mesmerized yeah I was I just hung on to every maybe that's word. my nerdy side <laughs> and, 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 and that's the stuff that's why I wanted to bring you you all today Sam Riddle was because you know of course I grew up with him and I know him and I, you know I know stuff that I, I don't want to know you know, because it's personal. It's yeah. there's personal stuff between you know my dad and my mom and their relationship and our relationship, but still fascinating. Still, there's you you you. Just like with anything else in life, with your relationships, you you know you. I acknowledge, I acknowledge the rough times, but I savor the good times and the stuff that I've learned and continue. To, continuing to learn i mean like you said you can i use google just to look up some basic information little bits and pieces some of the stuff details that i didn't know uh i you know i speculated about the plane incident and we knew that there was hard times going on but you have to understand i was fifth grade sixth grade you, you know don't talk about it with you then. no 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 you no. protect your kids from that no. you just kind of shield i don't them know if that, that was the stuff. deal either i mean there were there were there were other things involved emotions too much what's going on uh, ego uh Alcohol, probably love, lust. There's so many things that go on in an adult's mind that is difficult to 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 sit down with a within a family unit and explain that shit. Uh, Most families don't really communicate. Yeah, and that's that's not good. And and and, you know, me, you know, have raising a a a child, Justin. He's going to be 13 uh, this Saturday. And a teenager. So even still, I try to, we try to communicate. And, and, you know, one of the reasons I started this podcast was to leave the breadcrumbs, uh, you know, for him. Um, and he does listen, but you know, it's, it's still personal. It's still personal to talk to your, your father or your mother. Uh, but you should take advantage of it no matter how you do it. You know I try I mean? now. No matter how you do it, you could do it by visiting. You can do it by some people take him out to dinner. Some people do Skype. My, in my case, I invited mm-hmm. him on the podcast because uh, yeah. usually when we talk and I joke about it, we you know we have thirty second conversations, ninety second conversations. There's a lot of people like that, but I take. I knew this would be an an opportune time just to break the water and talk for fifteen or twenty minutes. You know, so at the time same time I was thinking entertainment value for the podcast. Education value also to see his point of view yeah, and, sure. and the world that we're living in and uh, some of the things that he brings to light. But at, at the same and, and within that, also a personal side of it as well, because I've said it before on this podcast, it is ther- therapeutic for me in a lot of ways. So I, I, I've always appreciate you know the the people that do listen and tune in and give feedback. And write reviews and share it with a friend and post it, repost it on Facebook and Twitter. And the people that 
show up like yourself and Brandon and Rick Marrero that come on the podcast. I appreciate the input that's there because it makes me better, makes me want to do better and makes me want to look within myself and the content of the show to put something out there that the people or some people would want to hear. And I think it's still evolving. So on that note, people, thanks for tuning in to another episode. Mariam Tazi, thanks for uh, holding down your microphone. (laughs) Anytime. That's right. And uh, as always, uh, you can find me on Twitter at Malcolm. (laughs) (laughs) Do it. At Malcolm Riddle, M-A-L-C-O-L-M-R-I-D-D-L-E, easy as one, two, three. That's right. Malcolm Riddle on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. You can find me. And I switch it up. I don't just have them linked up where I'm putting the same stuff everywhere. I'm putting different stuff all over. I just, uh, I'm also on Vine. Uh, you know, I do a little bit here and there, not not too much. And uh, where else can you find me? I did Snapchat. I just uh, signed up on Snapchat. I don't even know what that is. But whatever it is, it is what it is. But you can find us there. Don't forget, look up Sam Riddle. Sam Riddle on uh, on Twitter. I believe that's what is. His feed is, uh, let me just double check, Twitter. I should have had this up and ready. Yeah. Uh, but I didn't, so. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> Sam Riddle. Yep, it is Sam Riddle, S-A-M-R-I-D-D-L-E on Twitter. Follow him. You can catch him on, uh, what is it, The Michigan Citizen, I said. His column, Detroit Raw. He's also on Facebook. So tune in there. Find him. Love him. Hate him. Leave him whatever you want to do. Leave a comment. He can handle it. He rolls with the punches, and he ain't taking any shorts. If you're Rick Ross, the rapper, stay out of Detroit, (laughs) and we will come with that part two of the podcast coming up in the future. So with that, I'll say, well, let me let Miriam Tazi close it out. Do it. I'm closing it today. Hit it. Domino, motherfucker.